1: The following program is sponsored by Bible Boot Camp Ministries.
5: That number to call is area code 866-423-9578 area code 866 to be on the air Bible talk with Pastor Emery Moss and also Mr. Smith. That's right, Jerome Smith is with us, author of The Treasury of Scripture Knowledge. He will be with us to give more uh, uh, information about uh, uh, the treasure that's in the Bible. <laughs> Definitely, we appreciate him being on the program today. How are you doing,
4: Mr. Smith? Very well, thank you, Pastor Moss. It's a privilege to be on your program, and I hope what we share will help many people in your audience.
5: I am sure it is. I am sure it is. In fact, uh, I'm uh, using stuff that I'm getting from you uh, to help me uh, in my counseling, so keep right on going.
4: (laughs) All right. I'll give a real brief review. We've got a study we're doing on the subject of divine guidance, and it's in four sections. The first section I titled Sources of True Guidance. The second section, Sources of Wise Consul. Now for this program, we're on the third section, Sources of Unwise Consul. And then the next time, Lord willing, the fourth section will be the Dangers of False Guidance. So we can go right into the Sources of Unwise Consul. Okay, so I just had to click one click here, and I think I'm going to be at the right place. Yep, uh, and
5: should be interesting.
4: First, hmm. I
5: said I'm why? Again. That should be
4: interesting. Yep. In First uh, Kings twelve ten, it tells us, and the young men that were grown up with him, that's Rehoboam, spake unto him saying. Thus shalt thou speak unto this people that spake unto thee, saying, Thy father made our yoke heavy, but make thou it lighter for us, unto us. Thus shalt thou say unto them, My little finger shall be thicker than my father's loins. And in a modern English translation, let me click on that, that reads, This is what you should tell them, My little finger is heavier than my father's whole body. Wow. So, as you know, people didn't react too well to that idea when <laughs> when he presented it. It like he's going to be a mean machine. Yeah. So now, the s- sources of unwise guidance include, number one, immature advisors, often young, lacking in judgment and experience. And the reference for that is the verse we just read, 1 Kings 12.10. Now, the second source of unwise counsel is kind of related to that. Members of our own peer group. Hmm. And in uh, 2 Chronicles 13.7, we read, And there are gathered unto him vain men, the children of Belial... And have strengthened themselves against Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, when Rehoboam was young and tender hearted and could not withstand them. Huh. Now that's quite a verse, Pastor Moss, and I would suggest that last clause where it says and could not withstand them shows that Rehoboam was not grounded enough, not mature enough spiritually to withstand the peer pressure that was around them. Uh-huh. And this is a problem that young people face today. Things haven't changed much in that regard since that time until now. And I think the answer to that is to ground them solidly in God's Word. And you know, as well as I do, there are characters in the Bible like Daniel, and especially, I think, Vashti in the book of uh, Esther, that exemplify being strong and not going along with what others tried to pressure them into.
5: Well, what you're saying is exactly right. And you know, like I do, that it's really uh, uh, bad when children are raised without uh, you know, parents and especially without father figures for the men. Uh, uh, we see it happening in the community all the time. Fatherless children really have a disadvantage yeah? They don't have God's help, and I have
4: to say, teaching in Detroit for many years, I met so many marvelous mothers who had wonderful children, and those mothers must have really worked extra hard to accomplish that. Many with, I'm sure, with the Lord's help, but many young people don't have mothers that are that strong spiritually, and. What other words you can say of them? And so ever since, uh, oh, the early 60s, I would say, the uh, after Kennedy was shot, and then we had a, the vice president then take over as president, and he had this great program he thought would solve everything, and it didn't solve everything, it messed everything up. And you could really see, because if you look at the statistics of the strength of families before that time and after that time, there was a great decline. It was as if they were paying husbands not to be in the home. Wow. And I, I remember that distinctly. Well, anyway, to go on with some more of the scriptures... The third point is individuals who, though they claim to have spiritual insight, offer advice contrary to the already revealed will of God as found in his written word. Uh-huh. And here we get back into the same story we've been on in first kings thirteen eighteen he said unto him, "I am a prophet also as thou art, and an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord saying bring him back with thee into thine house that he may eat bread and drink water but he lied unto him mm. and that was the downfall of that prophet because he believed the word that this man said when he claimed to be a prophet and then an angel told him that there is a revision to the message you, you got but he lied mm.
5: Now, now, Mr. Smith, maybe you can give us uh, some insight into this one, because it is some amazing stuff over in First Kings 13 and 18, uh, yep. which says, uh, he said unto him, I am a prophet also as thou art, okay? And an angel spake unto me, uh, was this guy, uh, doesn't give his name. Was he, in uh, your estimation, was he, a, uh, was he a false prophet? What, what was he up to?
4: Well, I think he was a false prophet, and unfortunately, God's true prophet didn't stay on track with the guidance and direction the Lord had given him in the first place. Uh You've got to be very careful not to heed, supposed revelation from somebody who came along with something new to override what God has already shown you and directed you in the past. Well, now, you're exactly right. You're exactly right about that. What would be,
5: and I know that the text might not help us with this too much, what motivated him to do this? Uh, why did he come and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, act like he was a prophet and deceive this guy?
4: Oh I can say it's probably the working of Satan. Hmm. Yep. Wow. Now, the next point kind of rides right on that one, is this will step on some toes, including... Well, I won't say because maybe it wouldn't be so, but individuals prompted by false spiritual gifts. Uh Mm. And we got to be careful about that. In uh, Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 28, we read The prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream, and he that hath my word, Let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, saith the Lord? Now, if you notice, there's kind of pairs of statements there. Three sets of two statements. Uh The prophet that hath a dream, let him tell the dream. And that's in contrast to, And he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. And then lastly, what is the chaff to the wheat, saith the Lord. So I placed a note in the new treasury of scripture knowledge, which by the way is apparently going to be reprinted soon, and hopefully, from what I heard heard from the publisher, they plan to keep it in print in book form. Wow, please a great many people that like it in that form. But anyway, at uh, Jeremiah twenty three twenty eight, I place the note the contrast is between false prophets who have their dreams and the true prophet who has God's word. The opposition between chaff and wheat which follows shows these alleged supernatural dreams for what they are, not divine revelation, but a dream of their own heart, mere chaff, unsuitable and valueless for spiritual sustenance. This is perhaps the clearest and strongest appeal to the perspicuity of Scripture to be found in the Bible, for an appeal is here made for the ordinary believer to discern the difference between the false and the true. A mark of false religion is placement of spiritual and doctrinal authority in any other source than the written Word of God found in the Bible, whether the source be an organization in its literature the writings of a particular teacher or prophet, or a claim to divine authority based upon apostolic succession, or even a line of succession through valid baptizers traced back to John the Baptist. We have to go by what Scripture explicitly states. Wow.
5: So in other words, Scripture judges everything, right?
4: That's right. Mm. And then further I add in my note there a mark of the false, is adding to the written word of God supposed new revelation from whatever source, whether supernatural dreams or alleged supernatural gifts of the Spirit. And you know we're absolutely forbidden by Scripture, both in the Old Testament and in the New, to add to God's written word.
5: You're right. You're right. And uh, and, and as you know, the the kingdom of the cults relish in that, right? All the time they're adding to or taking away from the Bible— and getting a lot of
4: people to follow', that's right, and I've had some dear people on discussion boards on the internet try to argue with me saying, "Where in the Bible does it tell tell you that you have to go by the Bible alone? I said that's simple. If you've been reading your Bible, you couldn't have missed this verse, Isaiah chapter eight verse twenty <laughs> that's the one that says. Well, I'll read it shortly when we get to it. I think it's in my outline. And lastly, from this same passage I have, that is, when the dreamers declare their dreams and the true prophets faithfully declare their message, the difference between them will be as evident as that between the chaff and the wheat. Oh,
5: you're right. And uh, I know what you're talking about over in uh, uh, Isaiah, Isaiah 8 and 20, as you pointed out, it says, to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no right in them.
4: Man, that is really uh, uh, a real telling verse.
5: Uh, it is. You have
4: to go by the word of God. You can't go by anything else. Can't add to it. And hmm. if you just read the verse before that, verse 19, as I vaguely remember, these folks were into the, the occult and trying to find an answer because God wasn't answering them through the normal proper way that they would normally get an answer, and they thought, well, let's try some other things and see if we can find out what to do. Wow. Mr. Smith, you're bringing
5: home something, and uh, me and my my wife have talked about it. When I'm watching Christian programs, I always judge my pastors that I'm watching on television by whether or not they have a Bible. If they don't have a Bible and they're just talking, I I just can't watch them all. I just... You know, I want to get uh, something from the Word of God. I don't care how eloquent they are, how good they sound. uh, It's
4: just got to be in the Bible. That's right. Now, the next point is false teachers. (laughs) And kind of what you're hinting at is some of those folks that appear without a Bible in hand, some of them might be false teachers. But in Ezekiel 14.10, there's quite an awesome warning about that. And it says, And they shall bear the punishment of their iniquity. The punishment of the prophet shall be even as the punishment of him that seeketh unto him. Mm. Man. (laughs) That's quite a statement, Pastor Moss. And if you look in the New Treasury, I put quite a note there, but I'll just hear what, what I have here related to it. Note the awesome principle stated here. Those who follow false prophets will receive the same punishment as the false prophets who led them. How important it is to discern the false from the true and to base this discernment on the only authority God has provided his written word. Now here we get in the cross-references given at that point, I give Isaiah 8.20. To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Uh-huh. And a previous mm-hmm. reference to that is Proverbs nineteen twenty seven. Cease, my son, to hear the instruction that causeth to err from the words of knowledge. And there are many other verses. There's verses in the New Testament that tell us to take heed how you hear, and there's another verse that relates to take heed. What, you hear?
5: Well, that is I mean, it's something, uh, I, I, I'm really, uh, this verse that you gave us from Ezekiel 14.10, that's something that's really an eye-opener, it should be for everyone. And they shall bear the punishment of their iniquity. The punishment of the prophet shall be even as the punishment of him that seeks unto him. So if you follow what a false prophet says, then you're going to receive the same judgment it comes upon that prophet.
4: Yep. It's, wow. It's an awesome thing, isn't
5: it? Yeah, it is. It is. It's just, it definitely lets us know not to uh, be easy about our acceptance of people who say, "I know, I've got a word from the Lord. Man. Yep.
4: Now, it's another factor is not- number okay. six, those yeah. who have unstable character, Proverbs 22, 24. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go. Wow. And number seven, unfaithful individuals, Proverbs twenty-five nineteen. Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint.
5: Well, elaborate more on that angry uh, man. It says don't follow an angry person. What is, what, what is behind
6: that?
4: That seems to be a flaw in their character. And if you're getting guidance from somebody who has a flaw in their character, you might get some guidance that will take you in the wrong direction. That's how I would see it. All right. Now, the next point, number seven, is unfaithful individuals. Well, I gave you that one. Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. Yes. The proud and the boastful, Proverbs 20, verse 6. Most men will proclaim every one his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Those who lack integrity or compromise justice, Luke sixteen ten. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Wow. Now, this, this next one, you can use your imagination and think of what's going on today, and I think you'll see it as a direct connection with the headlines in the news we've seen for weeks.
2: Okay, Those who
4: compromise the truth and receive falsehood, Proverbs twenty nine twelve, 12. Uh-huh. a ruler hearken to lies... All his servants are wicked, mm. and boy, that's got a lot of deep truth right there.
5: Okay, so so you're you're applying that to what's happening in our world today. Uh, give us an example of uh, what to look out for.
4: Yes, and number eleven, the generality of opinion expressed by the crowd or majority opinion. When not in accordance with the principles of God's word, Exodus 23, 2, thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil, neither shalt thou speak in a cause to decline after many to rest judgment. Wow. Now, do I need to read that in modern English, or is that clear enough?
5: That's clear. Let me ask you a
4: question, though.
5: Mr. Smith, if we look at our, even in the United States, at our governmental system, you know, it is based on uh, voting. You know, the majority, they vote on something, they win, regardless of whether, what they, uh, whether the majority is right or wrong, biblical or not, they vote on it, and hey, you know, that, that's a good thing. Uh, but I'm sure this verse that you're reading, us and verses like it, uh, would take some exception to that. What do you say?
4: Yes, indeed, and it shows that Christians need to be very careful everybody, not just Christians, to learn who the candidates are and what their underlying philosophies are, what they've done in the past, and be very careful as you decide who is the best candidate that you believe you should vote for. And I don't go for those who say don't vote because the voting system is crooked. If you do that, you throw us in further turmoil deeper than what we're in already. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're right. Wow, you're right. Ah. Point 12, feelings and emotions. Genesis 49.4, unstable is water, thou shalt not excel. Because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, then defilest thou it, he went up to my couch. That's an unusual verse, but you can see somebody got misled by temptation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. In yeah. Jeremiah twenty three seventeen, They say still unto them that despise me, The Lord hath said, Ye shall have peace, and they shall say, Every one that walketh after the imagination of his own heart, No evil shall come upon you. Well, that was directly opposite of what Jeremiah was preaching, and he was inspired by God himself. A good verse is Second Corinthians five seven, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And so on. There's lots of other verses, but that'll show you the direction we're going there. Thirteenth one, conscience when not informed by the written word of God. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death, Proverbs fourteen, twelve. And contrast that with Acts twenty four sixteen and mm-hmm. we're Paul said, and herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. Wow. You don't want to go with the occult. And that's where I said we had Isaiah eight nineteen and 20 coming up. Uh-huh. Isaiah eight nineteen, And when they shall say to you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits and unto wizards that peep and that mutter, Should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead? In verse 20, to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Wow. Now, the next one, you could spend a whole sermon on this, Pastor Moss. I'll just give you the heading. (laughs) Misunderstood or misapplied scripture. Judges chapter 6, verse 40. And God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. A lot of people say that they're going to ask God to work out circumstances like fleece, you know, see whether it's going to work the way, which way, or the other way. And that's not a principle of guidance found anywhere else in Scripture. It's a bad example, let's put it that way. God honored his efforts then, but it's not a principle to follow now.
5: So it worked for Gideon, but uh, that's really not something for us to be practicing.
4: That's right. And a really tough one is Judges 1139. And it came to pass at the end of two months that she returned unto her father, who did with her according to his vow, which he had vowed. And she knew no man, and it was a custom in Israel, and the text continues. But you remember that that was a bad judgment on his part. If you read the account, this person had a good knowledge of Scripture, but he misunderstood a passage in Leviticus or so and misapplied it. And we don't know if his daughter was actually killed or just kept away from others. I don't know. I've seen good evidence Commentators come up with on both sides
5: you're right I've seen it, and uh, you're right it's a difficult kind of to decipher uh some have said that the sense um uh uh sacrificing children was so condemned uh in the mosaic law that uh he couldn't have have done that, but wow you're right it's something that is uh, what what do you think in this in this he, case
4: he misunderstood the uh rules or regulations or stipulations concerning vows. That's where he went astray. If if you read carefully in the context, you can see this man was a careful reader and student of Scripture, but on that point, he misinterpreted Scripture at a critical point and made a vow that he should never have done.
5: Okay. So you just Now, that we know. He shouldn't have done it, but you're you're right. Hopefully, it was uh, her giving herself to uh, to the temple service or something, but you're right, uh, scholars debate on that one.
4: Yeah. So we'll close out with this verse, 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Wow,
5: that's right. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's how you begin, and, uh, and that's how you end. Well, Mr. Yeah. Smith, uh, thank you. I look forward to... Uh, uh, to this. Uh, your knowledge of scripture is absolutely uh, amazing, and it, uh, uh, especially as you apply these verses uh, to Christian living, but at the same time, they have some apologetic emphasis and focus on the word. So thank you very much. We've got a rush to a break, but God bless you, and we'll uh, see you uh, uh, next time. Uh, we're going to take a break,
6: and we'll be right back. Did you know that Big Lou can vaccinate your entire estate from the virus known as Uncle Sam? for less than 200 per month call big lou at term provider to get the service and price you deserve with zero side effects call 800-555-2085 right now 800-555-2085 remember big lou's like you he follows the science too Call 800-555-2085 or visit BigLou.com.
2: Big doesn't give tax advice. Thinking about going back to school? Passionate about living and leading courageously from a biblical perspective. Moody Theological Seminary offers you the flexibility to earn a master's degree online or on campus in Plymouth, Michigan, or our new Detroit Extension site, wherever you are. Study the Bible and theology with world-class professors. Interact with classmates from across the globe. Explore different class formats and make sure your degree fits your current life and ministry commitments. With a master's degree from Moody, you'll receive biblical expertise and practical skills to transform your church, community, and ministry for Christ. Strengthen your ministry calling and deepen your skills and care for others with degrees like a Master's in Ministry Studies, Biblical Studies, Clinical Mental Health Counseling, and a Master's of Divinity. Whether you plan to use your degree in the church or in the marketplace, your Moody degree will prepare you for whatever God calls you wherever you are. Visit moody.edu grad to learn more and get started today.
7: There are more than 40 million slaves in the world today. Three out of four of them are women and children. Luke 4.18 says, He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, to set free those who are oppressed. During the month of October, Faith Talk Detroit and SOS International are partnering to provide a way out of this nightmare, and you can be a vital part of the rescue and restoration of victims of human trafficking. Your $150 gift will help provide the resources needed to minister to a rescued woman or child. You'll provide safe, secure housing, counseling, food, medical attention, vocational training, whatever is needed to help these women and children heal and move toward a life of freedom and self-sustainability. Join with us in this life-saving effort. Call 866-343-4717. 866-343-4717. Your gift will change a life, not only here on earth, but for eternity. Call 866-343-4717 or click the SOS International banner at faithtalkdetroit.com. That number to call, area
5: code 866-423-9578. Area code eight six six four two three nine five seven eight to be on the air. Bible talk with Pastor Emmy Marsh. Just heard a fantastic presentation of Scripture by Jerome Smith, my mentor. Great job. Good to have him with us on Thursday to give us a deep insight into passages that deal with biblical guidance. And uh, definitely. Uh, what could be more important than that? So we thank you very much. Look forward to seeing him again uh, next uh, Thursday with uh, more good information. And I'm here to tell you this stuff can help you uh, in your personal life. And also, uh, if you are looking for uh, things in Scripture to help you with uh, with counseling, uh, very good principles coming to us from him in the Word of God. Well, you know where I am at. I am still in Genesis, we're going through the Bible book by book, but don't worry, even though we're in Genesis, in order to understand Genesis, you've got to go to other topics in the Bible, other uh, uh, scriptures that are in other books of the Bible, and so definitely a lot of stuff is on the table, as you'll see, uh, as we continue our journey through this all-important book, right? So, I don't think that, uh, well, you say, well, I've read Genesis before, listen, we're going to be dealing with Genesis, but whenever we have to get off and talk about something in detail that comes up in Genesis, it will take us to other places in the Bible. And of course, added to all this is your ability to ask questions about anything you want to talk about at area code 866-423-9578. That's area code 866-423-9578. Now, we're in Genesis chapter 4, catching up with uh, Cain, who has killed his brother Abel. Brother Abel, uh, and we have a very interesting passage here. In fact, what is more interesting is where people have taken this passage, and what they've added to it that's not here. All right, but needless to say, we find that uh, Cain, uh, very cruel in his approach to this whole thing, uh, where uh, the Lord comes to him, and this is in Genesis 4 and 9, and the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? He was lying right then. Okay? God knew, he knew as well, that he'd done this and what he'd done with the body. Verse 10, and he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood cries unto me from the ground. Okay? In other words, uh, God is telling you, I know what happened. Verse 11, And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou killest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. So that was okay, the penalty, the curse that was placed upon Cain, to become a vagabond in the earth, okay, uh, where people basically were going to shun him. All right? uh, so we see that coming from the passage as well. Now, what it says in Genesis 4 and 13, And Cain said unto the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear, okay? He said, Lord, what have you put on me, okay? Uh, you're out making me an outcast. People are going to be uh, after me sort of thing. Uh, uh, and so he said his punishment is greater than I can bear. Verse 14, uh, he says, Cain continues to say, now here we have the pleadings of a murderer, by the way, because that's exactly what Cain had become. Here, Genesis 4:14. 4, behold, Thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth and from thy faith shall I be hid and I shall be a vagabond uh, uh, I'm sorry a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth and it shall come to pass that everyone that finds me shall slay me okay? so here is Cain who committed murder uh, basically asking God for mercy what does God do give them some in verse 15 Genesis 4:15. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain. Least any finding him should kill him. Once again, look at that verse. A lot of stuff has been made out of this verse that the Bible doesn't back up, right? Uh, In verse 15 again, And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, Well, uh, I just started, but we're going to pick up with this right after this break.
3: Many children end up in foster care that don't belong there because they are not abused or neglected. The church can be the saving grace to these children, ages newborn to 17, whose parents find themselves in a crisis with no safety net and no one to turn to. Safe Families for Children is a church-based ministry with no government involvement. There's no charge to the family to use Safe Families for Children. Parents maintain full custody of their children and actively participate in their lives. You can be a blessing to families in crisis by providing a temporary home while at the same time being blessed by knowing you have the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Find out how you and your church can become a part of Safe Families by calling me, Sheila Mounts, at 248-635-5978. That's 248 248- 635 5978. Save families for children. Open your heart. Call 248 635 5978.
2: Get Fit to Quit, the modern no-nonsense system that's helping tobacco users kick the habit is available at gotahalfitnow.com. Alpha Lifestyle Center for Nicotine Addiction is offering $1,000 toward the Quit With Alpha program for $500 when purchased through this radio station. It's easier to follow a great plan than create one. For the most responsible, reliable, and exciting help to quit smoking, visit got to register for the free online Quit With Alpha Masterclass and apply $1,000 toward the cost.
6: We love our pastors, don't we? Well, here's how you can show them undeniably that you do when you enter the Pastor Appreciation
1: Rest and Relaxation Getaway Giveaway. Enter for your pastor's chance to win a seven-day getaway for two to the Cove in North Carolina. Includes airfare, meals, a $500 Visa gift card, and more. Show your pastor you love and appreciate
6: them for the hard work they do.
2: Visit faithtalkdetroit.com to enter the Pastor Appreciation Rest and Relaxation Getaway Giveaway.
6: On In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley, you'll hear wisdom taught from God's Word. If you want great faith, one of the things that's absolutely necessary is that you and I read the Word of God, we meditate upon the Word of God, we obey it, and then watch God work. The best way to build faith is get in the Word of God. In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley, teaching biblical truths that transform lives. Listen to In Touch, weekday afternoons at 1230.
5: A number to call: area code eight six six four two three nine five seven eight. Area code eight six six four two three nine five seven eight. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss here on another Bible Talk program. Uh, remember, the next Apologetics Conference, Apologetic Boot Camp, is coming up. It's going to be, uh, in fact, this month, in October, and it's going to be on October thirtieth. We're looking for you to come and be a part of it. Where we're going to be dealing with the devil. What does the Bible say about the devil and how to defend the faith against his attacks? All right, we'll be looking at that. Tuition is $20 per person. We encourage you to come. Get there about 10 a.m., and you'll be in good shape. 10709 Grand River. 10709 Grand River is the address of our church. Look forward to seeing you there. All right. We've got a caller on the air. Hello, caller. Can we help you? Tom, how you doing?
8: Oh, there hey, I uh, am. Okay, I, I heard the ding. Can, you can hear me now, right?
5: I sure can. Thanks for calling.
8: Okay. You're welcome. Um, Yeah, you know, you just uh, you just clued me in on something I didn't know. When you you said when Cain said, "I know not, am I my brother's keeper?", I remembered that as just uh, just a question: "Am I my brother's keeper?", And uh-huh. I'm, I'm not sure exactly where I picked that up. I think I picked it up from another source. Uh, but you know who's making the point that basically um uh Cain was demurring where when adam traversed with god in other words you know went along with the conversation you know uh Cain tried to uh you know demur or just you know uh not acknowledge the authority by not answering the question directly uh but you know you know the only thing I wanted to say, and I don't know, I suppose there's probably a lot of people who think the same way um i i thought I, th- I thought that if you lied to God, that you died now, maybe I'm just looking at it too simplistically, like you know in the New Testament, where the uh people lied about you know giving all their money, but they held some back, and then they uh they both of them died but uh the only the only other thing is is before before I could totally accept this, you know that verse as you know as it's written in my King James, I'd have to go you know find the original Hebrew or something like that, because I'm thinking that's something that the uh, the interpreters, you know, the, and being translated through languages, I'd be concerned that something could be lost there that, you know, that that gives me kind of a, a flawed interpretation of, you know. And, I, I, you know, that's a tough fact to follow from your first uh, guest, too. But, yeah, okay, I, I'm done blabbing if you want to comment.
5: <laughs> well, just to say this uh, same incident is repeated over in uh, the New Testament in uh, uh, one of John's letters where he talks about the same incident. So, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, New Testament was written in Greek. So I'm pretty sure that it's, uh, it's just what it says it is. But you go on that search. uh, I don't think... um, I've done it. I've looked at it in Hebrew. Well,
8: give me a search term. If if you give me just a search term, I can find it in John, because I don't remember that. I'd like to, you know, I'd like to look at it myself, but... um, What would be a search term? Brothers or uh, Cain? I guess if I just punched in Cain, I could find it.
5: Uh Uh-huh. But you're all right. It's good. One thing I appreciate about your approach is uh, you want to make sure that what you get is in Scripture. And, uh, and, and that's the most important thing you could ever do. Uh, and uh, the languages help you, but uh, you can... Uh, uh, well, if you read the background of how all of the Bible was put together, it's very easy to, uh, to see that the translations are, you know, they're, they're accurate. They're doing what they're supposed to do. And uh, so, so actually, if, uh, that's not the problem at all. The same thing that you see uh, uh, here, you see also... Uh, when it comes down to um, uh, the New Testament, they describe the same uh, thing, and uh, Cain was the one behind it. So I would say, uh, going over and looking at uh, uh, First John, look at that letter, and you'll you'll find it right in there. Okay? Where Cain you know, was, I was
8: uh, I was thinking that um, uh, that it wasn't actually murder that they got in a fight or something, and uh, and then Cain slew him because the. Uh, you know the law of you know the, the uh, eye and eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, life for a life, and then and then Cain uh, somehow talked himself out of the death penalty. So apparently, I don't see how it could have been actual murder.
5: Well, what happens is all we can go by is what the Bible says, because that's what the information about it tells us over in Genesis 4, uh, and it describes what happened. It says that uh, actually uh, it came to pass, and this is in verse three, Genesis. Uh, chapter 4, verse 3, And it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the first thing of his flock, of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. God did not respect Cain's offering. And Cain was very... Yeah, that's a tough act to follow. I've been a Christian for
8: over 35 years.
5: And then it says, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, thou shalt uh, shall, shall thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lies at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So Cain was angry. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass, when they rose in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. Wasn't anything Abel did, but offering, offering to God, that God accepted, and Cain was jealous because his was rejected. Okay, and the Lord came unto, uh, and the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, Am I not my brother's keeper? Keepers of lying. He just killed him. Okay, uh, but in fact, in fact, a cruel thing to say. Okay, and so that, what follows is his punishment. The punishment became on Cain for murder. So in the text, it's very clear. It doesn't mean anything uh, either. To me, if you look at this, you either believe what the Bible says or you don't. And people have a choice to do that. Okay. Well,
8: I, I mean, when you said, said uh, Cain rose up to strive against Abel, that kind of sounds like uh, he started a fight.
5: No't so, I me. guess
8: I'm just talking the difference between like murder one and manslaughter or something like that. i you know I believe he killed him all right I mean the the Bible definitely says that, but, but I just well, you know I, was... I'm a little bit OCD I guess
5: well, well uh, no listen in Genesis uh, uh, chapter four it's pretty pretty clear, and Cain talked with Abel, his brother, okay, and it came to pass that when they went to the steal, Cain rose up and say Abel did anything yeah. in the tent. And it, no, it, but
8: it, it, Abel. But he might have fought back. Huh? Well, he would have been justified defending himself. You know, somebody. Get, Abel would have been uh, justified defending himself if Cain rose up. And then when Abel okay. fought back, maybe Cain, you know, yeah. threw a rock at him or something and hit him in the head and killed him. No, well, we I don't know.
5: I have one thing I know Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, to slay him. Abel didn't do yeah, anything it, to him. Yeah. I agree okay. with that. And if you got
1: that, you got it. Got to take a break, and we'll be right back. Mortgage. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Call eight five five six five seven ninety nine ten for licensing terms and restrictions. As everyone knows, home values have skyrocketed. Chances are your home has gained a ton of equity. Why not use your home's equity to upgrade your house? How about a new pool in your backyard or a new kitchen? Turn your home's equity into cash with a cash-out refinance loan from Cash Call Mortgage. If your mortgage interest rate doesn't start with a 2, we may be able to lower your mortgage rate and get you cash. See just how low our rates are at CashCallMortgage.com. Get started on upgrading your house with a cash-out refi from Cash Call Mortgage. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com. Or call us today. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. There are more than
7: 40 million slaves in the world today. Three out of four of them are women and children. Luke 4.18 says, He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, to set free those who are oppressed. During the month of October, Faith Talk Detroit and SOS International are partnering to provide a way out of this nightmare, and you can be a vital part of the rescue and restoration of victims of human trafficking. Your $150 gift will help provide the resources needed to minister to a rescued woman or child. You'll provide safe, secure housing, counseling, food, medical attention, vocational training, whatever is needed to help these women and children heal and move toward a life of freedom and self sustainability. Join with us in this life saving effort. Call 866 343 4717. 866 343 4717. Your gift will change a life, not only here on Earth, but for eternity. Call 866-343-4717 or click the SOS International banner at faithtalkdetroit.com. For over
6: 100 years, A.J. Desmond & Sons Funeral Directors has been Metro Detroit's trusted choice for top quality funeral service. Our funeral directors and associates do more than take orders. They lead with a guiding hand where needed and create real relationships with families. Each service we provide is completely unique and personalized with details from the life of your loved one, honoring them the way they deserve, and providing a memorable healing experience for family and friends. Contact us or visit AJDesmond.com today to learn how we can help.
5: Call area code 866 423 9578. Area code 866 423 9578 to be on the air. Bible talk with Pastor Emmy Mark. Let me give you a real good hermeneutic rule and principle. When the Bible makes plain sense, don't seek for any other kind of sense <laughs> in the text. Uh, definitely, Cain was the antagonist here. There's nothing in the text that says anything at all about Abel being an antagonist in this situation. So we do need to uh, make sure that we're clear. You cannot interpret the Bible if you add to it or take away from it. Okay? So we want to be very careful to avoid doing that. And looking at Genesis 4, however, we've got some... We're not finished with this chapter. We've got some other stuff coming up. We look at Genesis 4.13. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I could bear. Uh, verse 14... Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that everyone that finds me shall slay me. So here he's asking for mercy. He knew he had done wrong. Verse 15, And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain that any finding him should kill him. Now, there's been a lot of speculation about this mark. Uh, And some people have went to racial extremes in trying to uh, describe it. Uh, It says, we need to remember this, it says, And the Lord set a mark upon Cain. It wasn't a paint job. Some have said that uh, he was cursed with being black. At this particular point, okay, uh, this is what some racists have concluded. Nothing in the text at all about a paint job, just a mark. that was a uh, a sign, okay. At least any finding him should kill him. All right. Uh, so in other words, he's to live in disgrace, okay, apart from people. We do find out though that he did get a wife. We're going to see that. But basically, he was condemned to being an outcast. Even the ground would not yield itself to him in terms of uh, uh, plants or anything he would grow so God levied a punishment upon him because of what he did to Abel so therefore you can see from the text that clearly Abel was not the, uh, the antagonistic one a clear reading of the text shows you that it's Cain notice here then there's something else that it says verse 16 and Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod at the east of Eden Okay, trouble right here, trouble for you guys. Oh, yeah, you got to break this down for us, right? Here in Genesis 4:17. and Cain knew his wife, and she conceived, and there Enoch, and he built it a city and called the name of the city after the name of the son Enoch. Uh, verse 17, and Cain knew his wife. Where did Cain's wife come from? Ever thought of that? Where did Cain's wife come from? Because the only, uh, you know, Adam and Eve had these children, okay? Cain and Abel, of course, were born of Adam and Eve. So, you know, uh, I'm sure other children were born following that, but that would have been their brothers and sisters. So where did Cain get his wife from? Did Cain marry a sister? If he did, isn't that something that is forbidden in the Bible? Isn't that called incest? Mm, mm, mm. That's something that I'm going to ask you about the next time we're on this program. Okay? Get ready with an answer. Okay? He knew his wife. The question is, where did Cain get his wife? Yep. Where did Cain get his wife? his wife. See, if you can do that, we're going to run out of time, I'm sure, today, but I'll be looking for that, okay? And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived, and built a city, and he called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. Verse 18, And under Enoch was born Irad, Irad begot Methuselah, and Methuselah begot Methuselah, and Methuselah begot Lamech, okay? Then, verse 19, and Lamech, took unto him two wives. Wait a minute. Here in Genesis chapter 4, verse 19, and Lamech took upon him two wives. We just read in Genesis where there was Adam and Eve, right? One man, one woman. That was the picture of marriage we have there. Now all of a sudden, and Lamech took unto him two wives. That's polygamy. Wow. Did he do right? Did he do wrong? And if God meant for marriage just to be a one-flesh relationship, okay, how is it here that we're seeing a man with two wives, which fits the definition of polygamy? Ah, okay. What is going on in the text? Two questions for you next time. As we go through Genesis, the kind of questions that you will face when you're teaching a Sunday school class—better believe it. Okay, so be ready. Do all the studying that you can, because I won't budge more in Genesis until we've covered this. Where did where did uh, Cain get his wife? Where did it come from? Okay, where did where did where did they come from? That'll be something that we're looking at, and also polygamy. Okay. We're going to to say to you now, good night. We'll see you next time.
1: Sponsored by Bible Boot Camp Ministries. The following program is sponsored by Bible Boot Camp Ministries.